The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Chris Curtis certainly finished strong. I was like, we're going to sit there and hit each other. And man, that was fun. Chris! Action back! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. All right, finally the team is reassembled. Matt is uh is back. It's good to see you, Matt. Um and a quick thank you, John Morgan. Wow, what an amazing job as co-host. I mean, just great. Wait, wait, wait. What? Hey, wait, whoa, whoa. I mean, you, you were gone. You were whoa, off. Whoa, whoa. What are you looking for? A new BFFFFF? No, just when my when my friend leaves yeah. to go with his better friends. I have when to I was away, when I spent I spent a lot of time. I was good catching up with Dana. Yeah. Catching up with Dana. Dean, I spent most of the time with. And let me tell you about that, Dean Thomas. He appreciates a good friend. He's a good man. However, I believe the other night he was wearing a sweater on uh, television, which made him look like a five-year-old who stole his grandfather's sweater. Um, Speaking of of a five-year-old, I get along very well with him. and I'm a grown man, and I like root beer. I like root beer, too. It's very good. I like a diet root beer if you want uh, want to get into the weeds about it. I'm having a zero-sugar one. Listen, um, let me ask you. I know you don't want to give away what you did, but first of all, A, Toronto is fucking freezing. Did you get to go to the fight? And did you do anything really scary in Toronto? Scary, yes. Especially, and all I'll say is especially if you're afraid of heights. That's all I'm going to say. It could be anything. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, uh, even if you're not afraid of heights, if you're up high enough, you'd be kind of afraid. Fuck that, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy when it comes out and you see it, you're going to, you listen, you'd be a little, uh, you know, I think you'd be, I don't know if you'd be like, was the boss with you on that one? Yeah. I'm going to, you I'm not giving it. I, I like to say, uh, no, all right. Don't give it away. Okay. I'm not going to give it away, but I'll tell you this. It's going to be a good episode of Dana White looking for a fight. I thought uh, of you all weekend. I was like, I wonder if they're doing that. I, I was, uh, when did you come home? I came home Saturday. I got home before the fight started. I watched oh, them at in-laws. Sure. So you know why Toronto's only, uh, an hour and a half away or by, by plane. Yeah. Quick flight from us. And, uh, 
you know, I got my wife getting ready for a, her fight. She's that's funny. So, sure. and you know, a fight's a fight and I got to be somewhere and I got another kid, Tommy getting ready to. So, you know, I had to get home, but I was there since Tuesday. So yep. I enjoyed Toronto. Let me tell you, Jimmy, you know what I did when I was out there, whether or whether or not it'll be on the show while I'll, I'll you know, I'm not going to tell you, but I did do a cold plunge. Oh, okay. How you long did you last? Oh, you know, yes, I have. I can last about eight seconds. Yeah. I'm talking about the cold plunge. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh no. If I was talking about fucking, I would have, it would have been three and a half. Trust me. I know the difference. I'm three and a half and, and that's with unzipping. No, I, I, it's funny. I saw uh, Rogan and we were talking about this. I think off, I don't think, I don't know if we were talking about it on there or not, but uh, he said he does three minutes and it's really hard every time. Like you I never think, get used to listen, it. Listen, uh, I'm going to talk more about it in detail. It might be on the, you know, about how I handled it, but me and Dean Thomas handled it completely different. And I will tell you this. It was, I know it sounds idiotic to say, but it was Jimmy. It was cold. Were you indoors or outdoors when you did it? I was at a nice, this nice facility, really cool facility where the sauna after was beautiful. And uh, they had these people like with towels and twirling and, 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 and heating us, heating, having the heat come at us from the fucking stuff. It was cool, man. Nice. I, listen, in general, I had a good time. I had a good time all week, Jimmy. I really did. And uh, let me ask you what you thought. We might as well, we're going to have Chris Curtis. Right. Shit, yeah, let's go. Chris had a, a, a really great fight uh, against Mark andre Barrio. I think it was 30-27 on two cards, 29-28 on one. And for some reason, I remember thinking it should have been 29-28 across the board. But let's start with the, uh, the main event, um, if, you, if you don't mind, unless you don't want no, to. I'm with you. I just want to say about Chris Curtis. Sure. You know, he had a win over Joaquin Buckley, who's, you know, got that highlight. You know, I love him, yeah. Everybody, and he's a a fan favorite. So he gets a nice uh, T uh, KO win over him on the second yep. round. Then he drops one to gasoline. And then Nasser Dean, he had that no contest with him. Yeah. I believe from a headbutt, if I'm correct. But you can look into that, uh, producer, please, with him yeah. and Nasser. It was a headbutt, yes. And uh, so, you know, it's a couple of tough ones in a row. And it's nice to get back on track the way yep. he did, uh, taking out. Uh, a Canadian in Canada, and uh, it was just—I don't know. I thought it was—it uh, started off kind of like a feeling out period that first round, and the crowd wasn't super behind them. But by the end of the fight, they were—they were—they were behind them. Remember, remembering this correctly, yeah. Remember, I didn't get the like in the beginning. It's like, oh, this might not. They, they kind of had both having a hard time finding their rhythm that first round. And then as it went on, it got just better and more heated. And it was down to like who wanted it more type of thing. Yeah. And one, and also Chris's losses too recently uh, to Gastelum and Hermanson, both were decisions uh, so, and both are such dangerous guys on the ground and he, and he lost decisions. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was embarrassed and since 2019, he's only lost those two fights and they were both to really uh top level guys and they were decisions so um what what did you think matt if you want to do the uh if you want to start with the main event or do you want to start with uh 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 Evliov against uh arnold allen 
Uh, Mozart Evliov against uh, Arnold Allen, the opening oh. fight. Tremendous fight, by the way. I like that fight a lot. I feel for Allen with that because he was doing so many things right. You know what yeah. I mean? He was defending so well for so yeah. long. And then, you know, I mean, he was doing really well, really good balance. But, uh, you know, he was, he was, he just kept coming forward. Like, he yeah. was very, uh, Mozart, Mozart, how do you pronounce his name? Evloyev. Mozart Evloyev. The first, how do you pronounce his first name? Mozart. Mozart? Mozart. Mozart. Yeah. Mozart was just, you know, he had, he had his game plan. He was sticking to it by any means necessary. And he's, you know, he's persistent. I'll give him that much. Yes. Oh, and and he's doing something right. Cause Alan, Alan's not an easy guy to really dominate or else, you know, and get down. And he was just very persistent. Uh, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was, it was a very skill, very. Am Am I remembering correctly too, Matt? I think it was at the end of the second and towards the end, towards the ends of the rounds, Evloyev t- took him down uh, or, or really uh, was able to wear on him, if I'm remembering right. Again, I'm getting old. My memory is shitty. Uh, but for some reason, I'm remembering the ends of the rounds were tough for Allen. Um, yeah. I mean, you know why? I mean, he was just, it's persistence. And, he, and again, he wasn't losing confidence. He's not, he doesn't know what it's like to lose. He's undefeated, Mozart. So, yes. Thank you, you know. Know. I mean, I when you got that kind of confidence behind you, it's just and he's a, you know he's a young in shape dude. I mean shit. He I mean that, that's not dude, man. I mean failed shots, guys defending and being persistent like that. That that's a gas tank, dude. That, that yep. that's a, yeah. But uh, I always like watching Arnold Allen, though. That was me too. And he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, Evloyev is eighteen and zero. Uh, by the way, Matt, who am I doing this for? Neil Magny. Neil. Magni, holy shit! That that really is wild because, you know, he was having a hard time. Dude, like, he was losing. He was absolutely down to nothing. Nice way of saying it. He's having a hard time. But but he, that's that's not even knocking him. He was losing badly, and the fucking veteran. That's what a fucking veteran does against a guy who hasn't been the distance uh, or, or had the cage experience. You know. We talk about fight IQ and, and, you know, just experience like we talked about. And he, that's why he's a problem, man. Because, and not only that, like Neil Magny, he could, could have a hard couple of rounds. He's the type of guy that endurance-wise and in shape, he's a, as just big a threat. Yep. Down two rounds, third round, you know, he, he's, he's in the last minute as the first minute of a fight. Yeah. That's how dangerous he is because his gas tank, he doesn't, it's, he doesn't change the pace. You know what I mean? So even when he doesn't come in, just guns blazing, he has a persistent pace and it's unrelenting. Yeah. And uh, man, what a, I love the mount position, don't you? I mean, it was unbelievable to just watch that happen. Uh, what, what he picked him? How did uh, he get him. I don't remember how he got him down. Did uh, watch that did, sequence again? Get it. I, up. I would love to. But um, to get that up. He literally, I think it was with twelve seconds left that he. Uh, let me see. Oh, for fifteen seconds left, and he just oh, had boy, that low weight. Fifteen seconds left, meaning that before the fight was stopped, and you could tell that uh, 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 Malat had zero in in his gas tank because he laid there all through the decision. He was laying there breathing like he, that, that's how I look after one minute of rolling. He was just. 
you could tell that he had never been that tired in a fight in his life. And Magny just has a great gas tank. Unbelievable. I can't fucking believe he pulled that fight out. I tell this to my kid, Tommy, that's, that's coming up. I go, you know, cause he has great endurance endurance. It's another, uh, it's another weapon in your arsenal yeah. big weapon in that it could, if you're durable, good defense and you have good endurance and you could weather a storm. Like I tell my guys, even during rolling, don't match a bull like a bull. Let them put their foot on the gas. You weather that. You weather it. You weather. It. Let them put that waste energy. Yeah. And they use your time. So like Neil Magny, just by weathering shit. I mean, let's see this. Let's see this. Yeah, because now, uh, yeah, this, Mike this is uh, standing up. There's 232. Right, you do the play by play. Uh, well, it's a little bit uh, choppy. Uh, Neil is on his back. And Malat looks like he's in good. He's got grapes in. He looks like he's in fucking a pretty good shape. Like he just wants to kind of ride this out, stay yep. on top. Magny's using his legs to create distance. He's looking for angles by escaping yep. his hips. I like this. Look at he's using underhooks to get up to a hip. Yep. Oh, this is very nice. Yep. Very nice. I love this underhook escape. Look at this. He yep. gets out with an underhook, one of my favorite ways of escaping. And then he yeah, just picks and him up and dumps him. Down, and he just, boop, his head pops right out when Milan yeah. was looking he, he, he tried to get to yeah. Yeah, now let's see how he gets mounted here. 142. Right he puts weight on the legs. See, Milan is going for a leg lock. A lot of times with your legs, when you go for leg locks, you're pulling him on top of you. Right. Instead of you, like Magni, when he was on bottom, he used, now he's going for another leg lock instead of creating distance. Now he's looking to create distance. He's looking to So what is he doing power. now, Raw? Because Magni's no, up against the cage. He's going for a decent sweep, which just worked. Look, the sweat, he put him down. But with the outside Ashi, if you lose it, you lose position, which might not be a big deal in rolling. But if, yeah. if Magni controls his head and sprawls back, he, look, what he's doing now. Yep. Look, now look at the position he's in. Yep. By controlling his head, now this is not a big deal when you're rolling because it's like, all right, you still got. But in a fight, this is yeah. brutal. What, was there a chance, him. Matt? Was there a chance for him to get up after he rolled? Was there a chance for him to get up or no, back out of the way? No, this is the problem here. Um, yeah, there's always a chance for anything, but but the thing is this. But the, I mean, did he make a bad decision by going for the leg lock where he should have just got up and got now, the fuck out of there? He might get those leg lock reversals like all the time, but when there's the threat of strikes and you yeah. have to use your legs are an obstacle to get past. So I love the Archie sweep. Wow. I used the Archie sweep several times. That same sweep he went for, yeah. now he's with the length too, with him mounted. He could be there all day long. That was brutal, that ended. And he did so, give him, by the way, uh, I think it's Mark Goddard. He gave him plenty of time. Like, he, he really did give him time. Look at him breathing that, like that. That's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, it was just he ran out of gas. Jimmy, there's, there's a drill. I want you to ask um, Professor Mike. Yes. Jedi Mike. Mike J. Yeah. Jedi Mike J. I want you to ask him about a drill where you put your hands in your belt, and he just goes to walk past you, and then you bring your foot to the outside. You sideways on his thigh and you use that to square up with him wait can you explain that again hands on his belt i'm sorry what do you mean My, your words, he's gonna go to walk around your guard and you're not using your hands you're just using your feet you're gonna step on his thigh and square up with him then he's gonna go to walk past your legs the other way and when he goes to come in you put your foot sideways on his leg 
you use your foot to square up with him. He comes in the middle. You put your heels in, toes out on his hips. You push away. He gets past that. You put your knees together. You come up on your shoulders. So in other words, you use your legs, only your legs, yeah. as an obstacle, always keeping him away and squaring up with you. He has to get past your legs to do damage to you or do more damage to you. Obviously. Right. So you just use your legs to keep him away. To keep Ask Mike. He'll let you know. He'll okay. do it with you. It's a great drill. And it, you use your legs like you have another pair of hands. It's good for guard retention. It could be a guard retention drill. It's also called yeah. that. So I like that because then you got to use your hands, your feet, like another pair of hands, and you keep him at bay. So, and it's also good in, in, when it comes down to a fight at distance management, managing your distance. If you don't, just like in a stand-up, if you, how about this? Chael Sonnen, perfect example. And he's not even a jiu-jitsu guy. He's a grappler, but he's also a very smart, not only MMA fighter, street fighter, okay? Yeah, yeah. He's got a very good sense. Now, Chael Sonnen was on this uh, filming The Ultimate Fighter Brazil. With in, he's got balls, Chael. With Silva? He's in, he's in Brazil going versus Vandalay Silva. Yeah. Who's, I, I like Vandalay personally, but he's a bit of a psycho, you know? <laughs> in a good way, I like it, but, you know, he's, a, he's, he's more of a street guy. Like, he has a problem with you. He's going to go all Jorge Masvidal on you. You understand? He will, yeah. Oh, 100%. And he did. So I don't know if you've seen this clip. Yes. You've seen the clip I'm talking about. Did Chael take him down, if I remember right? Yeah, because he started getting in Chael's face. Now, there's a certain point where I don't care how quick you are. You could be sucker punched. Yes. So when they're right in your face, Chael, at one point, pushed him back. He goes, I, he, he touched the person. He goes, I can't let you get close. And then he put his hands up because he knew. Yeah. He's going to get smacked. He, you can't let him get close. He created distance. And then when he went to come take his head off, he closed the distance. I mean, Vandalay closed the distance by going to hit him. He lowered his level, took him down, and then basically got jumped until it got broken up. But yeah, I don't know. Distance management is huge, both standing up and on the floor. This is not like what it's like uh, having a podcast with an ADD partner. No, it's interesting though. Wednesday, by the way, thank you, Jake. Uh, and we should move on to the co-main. But Wednesday, we do have Neil Magny booked. So I will save my standing ovation for Neil Magny then, because Matt, you know, I've babbled endlessly on this show about how much I love matchups like that. And I love when a guy with a lot of fucking uh, cage experience and a guy with a really high fight IQ figures out a way to stop somebody who has pretty much seemed fairly unstoppable, um, who makes the mistake that the veteran wouldn't have made. And I don't think that Neil would have let himself get that tired uh, and be basically defenseless at the end. Because I think that was a big part of it. He was so tired, he was defenseless. Um, and I certainly uh, understand how shitty that feels. What did you think about uh, uh, Pennington against uh, Myra Bueno Silva in the co-main for the vacant bantamweight championship? Pennington was very frustrating, even though she won the fight, because her hands looked great. She was striking so well. And even her corner was talking about it, and the fucking, I think it was DC and, and, and Cruz were talking she wouldn't stop grabbing Silva. And there was times where she had to. And then there's other times I'm like, what is she doing? Like she was striking so well and she's insisting on pressing her up against the fence. You know, she's a bit of a grappler too, though. I mean, she's putting girls down and taking them out on the floor. So it could just be instinctual by now. You know yeah. what I mean? It might not even be in the camp. It might just be like you're fighting and ah, it's right there. Yeah. She's so going to like, you know, you know, you go into just the way you've been fighting for 
a decade. You know what I mean? So she normally does that. She pushes people up against the cage and works them up against that cage. It's not like anything new for her. But she was but- having such success striking, and Bueno Silva has an advantage on the floor. And her stri- she was so fucking good. Her striking was so good. And yeah. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, it, it was working really well. Yeah. She wasn't a barn burner. You know what I mean? No, no, no. But she looked good when she was striking. She looked good. And this is only going to give her more confidence. She could be nothing but happy for her. Yeah. And still, this ain't the last we've seen of Silva. Silva's a beast. She's I mean, young, yeah. You know, she's young. And she's been having great success. She beat a lot of good girls. So I want to see how she handles this loss. I'm sure she's going to come back strong now. Sure. You know, I, I, she's, she's with a good team uh the american top team and and uh i saw a little parupa i say little he's my height i could say that. i get away with sure that. yeah you're a little fella like you call somebody a homo yeah which i do <laughs> they're gonna take that out no they shouldn't yeah, i know they should. i love you it's funny to me and I, and I i yell it sometimes and i realize i'm in a mirror <laughs> <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The main event, um, a lot to say about that. I, I have to say, uh, really good fight. I, I thought they got it right with Duplessis, but I, if they had given it to Strickland, I would have been fine with it too. I thought it was that good of a fight and that close. I did think Duplessis eked him out a little bit, but I, I, I would have been okay if Strickland had gotten the decision. But I, I thought it was a fair decision. I got a couple of things on the other, other couple of fights on the other card I want to talk about. Don't, don't let me forget. I, okay. I, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, when it went, now listen, you hear coach Eric Nixick talk about optics. Yes. Now what he's meaning is I, what I feel I maybe I'll, I'm looking into it differently, but I feel Sean was landing better, especially with that jab. It's, a, it's like a Larry Holmes jab. Yeah. It's awesome. But you add a takedown in, it looks cool. And even though I believe in every takedown he got, I don't think there was a punch thrown on the floor, was there? Did he he was him? fucking right back. He looked like a robot getting up. It's effortless. So, he, yeah. It, so he got right back up. So how much do you really score that takedown? Now, this guy outscored him with the striking the whole round, even if it was, you know, close. But that, that takedown makes the biggest difference, even if he did nothing with it. So – how is that? Uh, you know, I, I, but listen, at the same time, it was that close. Yeah. 
I didn't they, care about the takedowns, make, by the way. You're right. You make an argument. What's that? I didn't care about the takedowns. I, I it was that didn't influence my decision. I just over the overall fight, I was like, yeah, I think he he just kind of squeezed by him. Who do you think? Who did you think won? Duplessis, but I I I was so unsure that if they had nodded Strickland, I would have been like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I didn't have any emotion in it. I I thought it was super close. I was I I you know I was wondering how much they would put on those takedowns, and I thought that's really what determined it because I I thought Sean actually won, but okay, but it was six takedowns in an overall. And and, and he's very hard to take down. You know what I want? I'm sorry. Only two minutes and eight seconds of control. To, Strickland is hard to take down. Like Duplessis took him down, I think, more than he's but, been taken down in his whole what career. What I want to know is how many strikes was on the floor. How many times did he get hit on the floor? Did he get right. hit all on the floor? Yeah. Did he get? He had six takedowns. Did he have one strike off those takedowns? I don't know. I I, I don't remember that happening. I remember Sean. I think he was trying to control Sean, and then he got right up. <laughs> you know, unless yeah. I'm missing something. No, he did. Unless I missed some punches down there. So. I was very impressed with that. Like, I think Sean was very, but, but listen, but you know, uh, Drake is, you know, he, he stayed the, stayed the course, you know, he was throwing those kicks up to the fucking head. He yeah. did some nice body shots. And, and, but Strickland checked almost every kick in the first, almost of the first two rounds. Hey. And then he stopped throwing that teep kick up the middle, which I'm not sure why he stopped. They pointed out that he stopped throwing that and it was working like a jab for him. Then maybe there was a reason, maybe there was something he, uh, maybe the takedown threat stopped him i don't know why he stopped throwing that i don't know man i just thought that uh i thought that he you know he fought the whole time and uh and you listen that i think sean strickland's the type of guy that if, if there was no rounds he'd still be fighting like you yeah. know what i mean like he's just like he lost the belt did he really lose did he really they didn't lose i mean it was very close it, it was very it was super close that you can make an argument either way, yep. and I think either guy can't complain about it. You know what, what I mean? Do you, what do you think? Let me ask you too. There was, um, oh, uh, what do you think? Because because Strickland against Adesanya, he was pressing him. He was moving forward, moving forward, moving and imposing his will. And then Duplessis just didn't allow that. Like he just kept. What would what would the way for Strickland have been to have pushed Duplessis back and done that to him? What he did to uh, Adesanya? Why wasn't he able to impose that on on Drakus? I mean, I think well, Drakus was coming back with some heat. It's not, and he and he was going forward like he was he was coming like he was. He's a bull, and he's very powerful, man. Some of those things he was winging, I'm sure, I'm sure Sean felt that shit going by his face. The wind, dude. You know, he was coming back with some heat on him, whether he landed or not. Whether sure you could check one of those kicks, just that dude. That vibration should be fucking. I mean, Dracus was committing, and he throws some unorthodox shit. And if you rush right back in, this back fist coming, you know? Yeah. I mean, you saw those coming out of nowhere. It was, listen, it was fun. It, keeps you, it kept you on the edge of your seat, like, what's this, going on? Matt, this is, and again, everything is not just significant strikes. There's a lot of other things, and I, and I do think the fact that he was pressing a lot of the action and moving forward really worked in his favor. This is how close... It was overall. Now the first round, I think rounds one and three were the were the biggest discrepancies. First round, uh, let's just say uh, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but uh, uh, Strickland landed 34 punches, which was 45 percent. Uh, Drakus landed 18 punches, which was 35 percent. That was a clear, decisive Strickland round. Round two, uh, Strickland landed 22 punches, 
uh, at fucking at significant strikes. Drake has landed 26, 35% and 43%. Uh, 35% to 34% in favor of Strickland in round three, a 1% difference. 39% to 38% in favor of uh, Duplessis in round four. Like they were that fucking close. And this is what was surprising. Round five, uh, 53 out of 99 to 35 out of 86. Well, very in favor of Strickland. So maybe Strickland actually did win that fight. Um, and maybe it was the, it was the uh, pressing forward that got Duplessis the nod. I don't know. Hey man, he he ended strong. He ended strong. Yeah, in that fifth yeah, round. he did. Oh yeah, that was a great, great end of the fifth round for. I think I gave him that round. I don't remember. Hey man, let me tell. You, first of all, did you hear like the little bit of the mix-up? <laughs> I, you know what we? Yes, but I I didn't. I mean, Bruce didn't make a mistake. It was it was. Uh, but the way he said Sean, it almost sounded like Charles. It sounded like see Sean. It almost sounded like he was about to say Charles, or was he just being theatrical? Sean, like, I, can we hear that? It sounds like he's about to Let's say. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It maybe he was going to say Charles Jourdain, but he did go Sean, and I I heard it very clearly that Sean Woodson won the fight. And, and I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't hear it. No, I, I thought he said Charles. Oh, no, I, I didn't. And then I heard he said the sniper. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Charles, I think he said, like, oh, maybe he fucked up the first name. But Woodson then, and Jordan sounded different. Then, yeah. when I heard it again, it was Sean. Yeah. But, but the, did the ref raise the wrong hand? No, like, no. I was just thinking, boy, what a good sport Jordan is. He was clapping and cheering. And I was like, wow, what a like, fucking yes. sore loser. Like, yes. This guy's a very, oh. I mean, a good, a good loser. This guy's very gracious. It, that was confusing. Yeah. Can we please play that? Play that. I wasn't, I wasn't confused. No, I was. Other than Woodson, who thought he couldn't hear the announcement. He saw Jordan celebrating. He was like, all right, I guess I lost. <laughs> it's funny. Imagine he's trying to imagine he's interviewed him and God, are you gonna play that for us? It's, it's a bit of a CH. Watch. Listen, a bit of a CH. Ladies and gentlemen, after three rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for decision. Patricia Vandermeer scores the contest. 29, 28, Jordan. Derek clearly scores the contest. 29, 28, Woodson. Here we go. And Declan Wood scores the contest. 29, 28 for the winner by split decision. Sean the Sniper Woodson. It doesn't. It sounds like Sean. Yeah, but at the end, like, 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 like you won. Yes. Doesn't sound like Charles. The CHR a little bit, but that's it. Guys, Charles. I, I feel Sean Woodson won the fight. <laughs> oh, now Jordan. That's when I first realized he, he didn't know he lost. Yeah, I thought Ladies Sean Woodson should have won that fight. That's so weird. Man. It sounds like Charles, but it was Sean Woodson. No, I, I thought Woodson should have won the fight. I thought that was Sean the right decision. Woodson. Ah, dude. I thought, uh, I, listen, yeah, yeah, no. It was, you know, he's a hard guy to fight, Sean Woodson. Oh, he's so yeah. lanky. He's like a big, like, big, long-legged spider. You know, like, can I say one thing? Trouble because of that. One more thing, Matt, about the main event before I forget. And this is why I love Strickland. Because after that fight... Uh, he was very honest. He goes, ah, I thought I fucking won. Maybe I was being a fucking pussy. But he said, hey, congrats, champ. Like, he just said, hey, congratulations. Like, he wasn't a fucking baby about it like other people when they lose. I thought I won that. Like, Took a headbutt, too, also. I don't know if you know that. I did not know, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah. the way he handled it was like, yeah, he, he took it. He lost. And he and he just he said, hey, congrats, man. And 
I don't know. You just how do you not like Sean Strickland? I don't know how anybody doesn't like Sean Strickland. Man, nah, I think a lot. I think he's and he had a big fan base over there. I'll tell you that much. He did, yeah. Outside the hotel, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, listen, uh, he's you know what it is. He's gonna do well regardless. He's gonna be one of those like the Diaz brothers type guys where he's yeah. gonna win or lose. Guys are gonna want to see him fight. Yes, Jimmy. And I know you love Jillian Robertson. Jillian Robinson, man. Holy shoot. Uh, nice Dan, language. Let's give, props, <laughs> let's give props to Dean Thomas, man. He's my yep. trainer. Um, and the rest of the team that's behind her. She fought Pollyanna Viana. Yeah. And Pollyanna's dangerous, but man, Jillian Robinson, Jillian Robinson, Jillian Robinson. Don't smile at me like no, that. No, no, you almost got it. Yeah, sorry. Stop. Don't tease me. I'm helping you. She, her jujitsu is so, it's so, she's so positionally dominant and she's patient. Well, who are you talking about? Jillian Robinson. Let's call the whole thing. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jimmy. Uh, oh, Jimmy, good news. What's up, buddy? I got, in, I got invited from our old friend, Joe Rogan, to come back on his show. Oh, very nice. With my same buddies. And now that'll be happening uh, sometime in the next month or so. Oh, that's great. Well, you guys were on like four or five months ago, right? That was awesome. Yes, I think that's nice. You know, I, I, I love Joe, you know, and, and I, uh, what a good time I had last time. Yeah. So we got that to look forward to. But yeah, Jillian Robinson, I was just impressed, you know, because she, she was just, just uh, she made it kind of look easy. You know, all, all up. Yeah. All the did was kind of slow her down a little bit. Uh, excuse me, buddy. Ooh. That was me. How old is Chris? 36. Yep. Right? Listen, he's doing well, though. He looks good. Yes, he, he is. He looks great. I always I think of him whenever I watch Chris Curtis fight because we talked about, like, literally from my, my uh, little minuscule work in Muay Thai and the moving around, and my jab is shit, by the way. Um, the, the, the kind of going left and right makes me dizzy. Like I, I get really bad motion sick and he said he has kind of the same thing and he's figured out ways to do that. So guys just can't make him circle around the cage and gain an advantage. But I think of that every time I watch him fight now. Speaking of motion sickness, you know, it reminds me of you in the metaverse. So I'm going through the customs and the guy's like, man, what is this? I go, oh, that's the metaverse. I go, you gotta, what do you know about that? You gotta check that. He goes, what? And he goes, hey, Rob, or whatever the guy's name is, the metaverse. And the guy's like, oh, he came over. I'm like, yeah, guys, get with it. Showing them, telling them about it. Did you use it at all when you were there? Oh, <laughs> yes. Crazy. It keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, I guess so, right? Hey, man, you wanna, oh, look, who, look who's in the waiting room. The action. Yes. The action, man. Let's bring him in. Rick Curtis, bring him in. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. There we go. Technology. Hey, Chris. How are you? First of all, congratulations. Second of all, you don't look like you've been in a fight. And third of all, I want that fucking tank top. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks, first of all. Second, I feel like I got hit by a small bus, small Canadian bus. (laughs) (laughs) I I have the weirdest collection of tank tops. So, uh, really? That's nice. Listen, I'm not a flesh. I couldn't even I couldn't even walk, run you know fast yeah. at all I can't even spread I can't even jog but that's a fucking nice tank top thank you and I'm like a mild like I'm not a fast land animal like I'm I'm designed to get there eventually I don't run fast like no yeah. but that that <laughs> still looks cool hey man we had a we had a couple we had a couple of bumps in the road since you took out Joaquin Buckley which was phenomenal and isn't it doesn't it listen I've had even though the the other one the, the you had the uh the accidental headbutt there, you know, I've had a couple of losses in the row. I know what it's like to get back in that on track. How great does it feel? No, man. It's the, uh, the stress of like not performing is crazy, man. Like I've, I'm so hard on myself during camp and everything. So it's just nice to like, okay, like I, I still know how to win. I can still do it. It's, it's man, like the weight that comes off of you. Like once you're like, I don't know what's going on, why things are going so sideways. It, it makes life miserable. I mean, I've been stressed out all camp. So it was nice to kind of get out there, get a win, and like breathe again. Do you start to look for, like, I don't know, are you a superstitious person? Do you start to look for, like, you know, a lot of guys fall into rituals and all this stuff. Is there anything you start to look up that's outside of the actual what you're doing in the gym? Uh, No, man. Like, for me, like, it's it all comes down to just like, what is my sport performance? Like what's my training for this camp? A lot we had to focus on like my mental wealth, my, my mental health. Like I just <laughs> Jason Manley, one of our friends says, uh, no one, I, my biggest hater is me. He said, you're Chris Curtis. The biggest hater is Chris Curtis. Like I'm so hard on myself all the time. So I was trying to give myself a little, uh, a little credit, this camp, a little leeway. It's a, it's a work in progress. But no, man, it's not so much rituals. I'm just like, man, I am. I'm aware that I'm cursed, and uh, you just gotta be able to work through it. And like sometimes, like man, the fight gods are not kind. Yeah, but sometimes that's not a bad thing because I always had. I feel I had that too. Where I'm not gonna say it's insecurity, but it's more of like, oh man, I, I shouldn't have got my pearl belt so soon, or I shouldn't, I didn't deserve that, or even though I probably did, but you know what I mean, like or. I don't know after every sparring, I'm thinking of what I did wrong instead of what I did right. And I'm a positive, I'm a positive guy, but it makes you try that much harder, no? Yeah, but the issue, so here's the thing, like check it out, sorry. Getting after fight sickness, which is always fun. But um, like seriously, I spar I sparred every sparring session in this camp. I thought I lost. At the end of the round, I did, did the rounds. I'm just like, I'm losing, you know, what's going on. So we started filming all of my sparring. Because my coaches got tired of arguing. So they're just like, watch the video. 
I go back, watch the video, I'm winning the rounds. But in my head, I'm winning. I'm losing every single round of every single spar. You know what, what that reminds me yeah. of? Sometimes after a fight, when you see a fighter who's not, you, you clearly thought he won, but maybe he is not as adamant about it as maybe you are, like the audience. Because B, I was in there, I remember being like, thinking not what I would do, but every time I got touched. And I'm like, oh, that must have looked horrible. And meanwhile, it was probably no big deal. And in your mind, that's what you're thinking of. I know what that's like, dude. I got I'm shit sure. after the fight because I'm sitting here. Like, I'm not. People are like, you don't look like you just want to fight. I'm not celebrating. I'm going back over through like highlights and whatnot, seeing what went wrong, like where I made mistakes, where the problems were. And people like, you fought an hour ago, and like you're not even like happy about it. Like you're not celebrating. You're trying to figure out what went wrong. People were like, so I got reamed about that. Like, let it go, like enjoy it. So I'm trying to learn to like back away. But within an hour, I was looking through footage, figuring out what happened. What is the hard part of like, I, I'm weird like that too, for in different things where if somebody tells you, Oh no, you're doing fine. And I'm kind of beating the shit out of myself. Like, I'm like, you don't understand. Like, it annoys me when people try to comfort me and go, no, but because I'm like, you just don't get it. Like I'm criticizing someone who really deserves criticism and you don't quite understand it. It's, it's exactly it, man. So I've, uh, all my friends and teammates, so you know, I say you're the biggest hater and I am, the, there's no one out there. I realized it's going to be harder on me than me. I am like, everybody says a cliche, but like, no, like I don't give myself a single bit of credit. Every time anything isn't perfect, I hold it against myself. So like this camp, especially, one of the big things everyone's saying is it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like perfect is the enemy of good. Just go mm. fight. I know how to fight. I've been fighting for 15 years. I got 40 something fights. The entire message is camp has been like, stop trying to be perfect. Stop thinking about it. Stop trying to make it pretty. Just go fight. Go be you. Don't be anybody else. Like, ignore the noise and people saying he does this bad, this bad, this bad. He's got to do this. Just go out there and fight. And that, that's been the big message just now. Hey, how, how, was, how scary is that fucking knee coming up? I mean, so being a guy 5'6", whenever they throw that, that can keep you at bay. When it, like, you know, I know what that shit's like. And they don't even have to lift it up that high for me. So when I see those knees come up in fights, I go, man, holy. I get flashbacks of Pete Spratt fucking coming right by my face. Everybody asks, everybody's like, because coming from like boxing, I, I tend to, a lot of my movements still boxing roles. So watch even the fight. There's a few times I'm like rolling. And I mean, like, it's, I can feel them like scrape my face with me. And people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I think I've just done it for so long. I don't want to change it. But man, there are some of those where like your asshole titans like could crush diamonds. <laughs> and you're like, oh my yes. god. There's one. I threw a body shot, rolled and pulled back, and I was just like, I've been here too long. And I saw his like I like watched his knee like come up in front of me, and I'm like, well, that could have sucked. Like, oh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying, man. Like luckily, uh, I'm really confident in my vision and like just. Top of like, you know, like you get good vision and kind of getting a timing for when these things are coming. And I'll be the first one to say, man, like as much as bad as my luck is sometimes and some shit, I have the luck of the fucking gods, man. Cause like there is sometimes you're just like, whoop, that should kill me, but it didn't. But yeah, it's fucking terrifying, right? Like you're the shortest guy in the division. I'm the shortest guy in the division. So I'm just like, well, here's hoping I don't die. 
Hey, man. I, yeah. I, it was so funny because I was with my buddy Dean Thomas over the weekend. I was there. I was in Toronto. And uh, I brought that fight up. I fought this guy. I fought Pete Sprout. I'm sure you heard of that guy. He's an OG. Yeah. The weapon. And I shot in. He threw a knee. I go, Dean, do you realize how, when I say I'm lucky, it's not because I'm not, I wasn't, I'm, I don't think I'm a good fighter. I'm saying, like, with that fight with Pete, if it was a quarter of the inch to the left, Dude, I'm decapitated. I'm not. He's sitting here with you, not me. So it's just fucking crazy, bro. It's entirely true. Really, luck, you know. When when I'm I'm teaching or I'm talking to people, they ask my head movement. Like, oh, how do you know like when to move? I don't really know when to move. It is all like instinctual guessing because there are some times when shit happens where I'm like. They're like, and it's great. People like, oh, that was so smooth. Like, bro, let me tell you, like that. I didn't do it intentionally. I am just trying not to die. And like you're right, there's like <laughs> centimeters in like half seconds. Where you're like, if I made, if I reacted just randomly a half second slower, or I went left instead of right, I'd be like probably dead right now, like with head trauma. It's like, oh, it's a constant state of like, man, I hope I don't. It's that constant state when I'm fighting, especially in close. That I'm hoping I don't wake up talking to the doctor. And I'm like, man, this is risky. <laughs> yeah, the disorientation. Uh, the guy, like, it, it's weird to read the lips of the guy going, "You're okay, you're okay." To watch a guy waking up after getting knocked out and just see what mm-hmm. wh- what do they normally have to say to somebody to get them? Is it different for every fighter, or is there like a standard? Oh, it's it, it's great. Everybody's different, man. Like I've woken up once and I'm like, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> like you're in the cage. What are you doing in my cage? <laughs> like, no, man, you wake up, it's weird, man. Like everybody's different. But like you could just everybody, you know, handles being knocked out differently. I've seen a few guys come to and just go back to what they were doing. It's like yeah. uh, some guys get the fact, you know, that's just like lost time. Some guys get factory reset and you get knocked out and you're just like, I lost a week of my life. So it's, just, it's it's different for everybody, but man, nothing worse than you're waking. It's happened once. You wake up talking to the doctor. You're like, oh, I didn't win. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, that's what, the, one, the one time you know you lost. Like, you're like, oh, I did not win. When you wake yeah. up and you or when you all of a sudden see the doctor, you're like, all right, this is this is uh, not a congratulations. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of? Uh, obviously, a very very close fight between Sean and, and Drake's Duplessis. A really great fight. Um, what, what did you think? And I was asking Matt too, like Sean is so good at pressing forward and, and at kind of dictating the pace. What do you think Duplessis did right, which kind of prevented him from doing that? Uh, I think just the way he throws is weird. So it's, it's funny because somebody, I, I saw uh, somebody talking about me and Sean actually, and we both tend to like uh, Philly shell a lot, but the way we use it is different. Because of the way I, I tend to roll more and the way I am, I'm better at looping shots and avoiding looping shots because yeah. Sean parries more. He's better at straight shots. The thing is, Drikas throws such wide looping shots as he's falling forward. It's kind of hard to, like, parry that and time it correctly when Drikas just starts falling forward. I think I can kind of, like, with Sean, it kept him on his back foot because – you can't really risk like lifting that front foot up or stepping forward because the guys, I mean, at one point his head down, he's throwing left, right, stepping through. Then he like runs into a double and you're like, this isn't something anyone trains. It's just, I said once, I said it once, I'll say it again. Drake is like, it's, he creates circuses when he fights and like, it's, it's just really hard to, that's one of those fights. It's really hard to train for until you've done it. I think uh, going back now, you know, it'd be more comfortable because you're, you're aware of what it's like. But, I mean, no disrespect to Drakus at all. Like, he did a fucking yeah. good job. He's a hell of a fighter. 
But I think everybody Sean trained for was too clean. Right. Every trained with was too clean. Like with like, I, th- I think looking back at it, like the level of comfort against a solid technical guy is different than the level of comfort against somebody who's just here, like, you know, like welcome to the fucking circus. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. Why do you think he stopped uh, throwing the teep kick? Because that was working really well, and then he just kind of got. Do you do you think it was uh, the threat of the takedown, or or was it those looping punches? I don't know, man. <clears throat> um, we, I watched the fight. We talked a little about it. We haven't gone into detail. You know, everything's still fresh, so it's something yeah, yeah. we'll talk about later. Uh, it was cool being on the same card. This is one of the reasons why I said earlier I kind of dislike being on the same card. Because I really would have loved to be in this corner because I feel like I worked really well with Sean. And then yeah. there's a lot, not, a lot of the times you tell Sean to do things in the corner, he's going to ignore you. But I feel like when fights get hard, like he trusts me enough to like, you know, the same thing with the Amalvov and the Boost fights where he'll listen. Like he, he knows that I've you know, I spent so much time watching all the Dreka stuff. He knows that I, you know, I, 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 I'm a student of like the game, just to film my study. So I think I think he trusts me enough. So I, I kind of hate that I couldn't have been there to offer something. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it and we'll see. Well, what's what about you? What's next now, man? I mean, any any names that is on the tip of your tongue? It's great to be back in the getting the, in the wing wind column. And how soon do you want to get back in? Oh man, they were asking about February, and I was like, they're they're like February, and my coach looked up like, no, <laughs> like yeah. absolutely not. That's um, dude, I, I and I, I would lo- I would I would have loved to do it, but I'm have, I'm having to realize now that at this level and like the way I approach camp and whatnot, like you know, I'm 36, I'm not you know, I'm not a kid anymore. It takes me a little bit more time to like I can be ready, but mentally, I think the biggest things I stress myself out, I burn myself out, and uh. I think when I first started, when I first got to the UFC, I really wanted to make the fans happy and like do stuff for them. But now I'm realizing, like, hey, the fans that actually care about you are just happy when you fight and go out there. And I'm not going to make everyone happy. Like, you know, no matter how I fight or what I do, there's always going to be fans like, you suck or boo, you did this wrong. So I'm not trying to spend all of my time or energy thinking about the fans and like doing things for the fans. Like, um, just kind of get back for fighting for me and the fans that love it. Like, you know, I'm glad they love it. Like, appreciate it. I'm glad they do not be fighting for you, but I'm not going to put myself out there anymore. And like, you know, take risks for my career for people that you don't perform, you take a risk, you don't perform, they turn on you. It's just not worth it to me. So uh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to hang out, rest up, recover, take some time, uh, hang out with the family and the newborn and just kind of chill. Like, you know, there's, I've, I've got no rush. Uh, I made a bunch of money. I can kind of take my time. And uh, I'm thinking, even for me, though, rest and recovery, I was talking. I was like, you know, May sound, May, you know, May sounds pretty good. So maybe around May, June at the latest. I don't like waiting around that long. But uh, I don't know. As far as that, what's next? Like, tips of names, tips of tongue. I have no idea who's this division. Uh, we'll see what Jack and Pfeiffer do this week, uh, this weekend, I guess, next weekend. Or we talked before about dropping back down to 70 because I am the smallest dude in this division and it's just a pain in the ass. So um, I think right. next week, this week or next week, we'll talk to the PI. We'll do the scans, see, uh, you know, if it's even feasible for me to make 70 anymore. I'm 36. I haven't done 70 in three years, I think. So that's not really, uh, we'll, we'll see how that looks. So, you know, we, we got some uh, things to think about, but 
Interesting. Oh no, I'm in good spirits. I'm in a good place. So we'll no no rush. We'll see. You yeah. should be, man. You really should be after that performance versus a very tough opponent. And lastly, let me ask you, because when I started getting to like 35, and again, I was still knocking out guys like Frank Trigg at 35. So I'm not saying that's all at all. Uh 36, I was having a I was banging out with Lytle. But then I start getting questions from these people. It annoyed me. So I'm gonna annoy you a little bit. Oh, so what about when this is over? Because, you know, I mean, 35, 36. When it is finally over, listen, you could be one of those guys fighting another 10 years. I'm not saying. I'm not putting a clock on you. But when it is finally done, Chris, what are you thinking about? Are you going to be involved with this? Are you going to be like a guy like me teaching some arm locks? What are you going to do? Are you going to get into something else? Well, do you have any plans? That's always the scariest. Somebody asked me the other day, and I said, it's the scariest question to ask, like a fighter in his mid-30s. Hey, what do you do with itself? Like, bro, I don't, I don't really know. Like, it's a, I always say I put all my points into unarmed combat. Like, I'm not really sure, like, what else comes next. Like, yeah. so, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I, for me, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to, like, be a coach or a teacher. It's just not, I can do it. It's, I don't know, I don't think it's where my, really, my heart is. I don't know. Like, I guess I'll always be there to help out my friends and whatnot. But I, I, I don't want to open the gym. I don't want to teach. Uh, I think my passion outside of this, when it's all said and done, I'm going to devote myself more full time to like writing. Like I love to write. That's uh, fucking I, I, interesting. Why did we to... start with this? What do you mean <laughs> yeah. you're writing? What I, do I, you? I love, I love to write. What do you what, write? Do you write fiction, like, nonfiction, movies? No, fiction, uh, fiction. Uh, right now we're a couple novels, uh, a couple sci-fi, a couple sci-fi fantasy novels. I love to write, man. Since I was a little kid, all I, you know, I make worlds in my head all the time. People are always like, why are you like, oh, so spacey? Like, I'm probably just like, you know, like trying to figure out well, why people and goblins can't get along in most situations because like whatever. So I'm always building worlds in my head. So I write a lot. I've got, uh, I, I write, I try to write consistently. I do write a lot. So that's probably when it's all said and done. Uh, I'll rest my brain a little bit and uh, I'll put it towards designing fantasy violence instead of real violence. Chris, are you are you good? I'm oh, sorry, Matt. Are you good at making yourself sit down and write? Because I like to write too, but I find the discipline of sitting there and going, "I'm going to do this for an hour or two, I get too distracted. Are you good at shutting everything else off? Uh, it's it's hard. It's very hard because it's always say anyone who's writing a book's not really writing. You're kind of just like looking at paper and like writing things about the book, but not the book. Uh, one of my good friends, Shinko, she's uh she got me into. What helps is you give your instead of giving yourself a time limit, never give yourself a time limit. Time limits suck. Give yourself a word limit for the day. Yeah. So when I'm ready to sit down, give myself like, okay, like today, like are you starting out? If you're not, you haven't got the discipline yet, say I'm gonna write 200 words today. And 200 words after a week or two weeks becomes easy. So you say, okay, I'm gonna write 500 words today. Yeah. And do that. And that that that's way easier than like I'm gonna write for two hours. Cause like for me. I don't like writing at home. I'm a coffee shop guy. Like I'll go to like a diner or a coffee shop. I'll get a, a plate of fries and a coffee. And that that's my office, like yeah, right there. You know why? Because there's a good amount of distraction, but it's, it's background noise distraction. Whereas it, it's not just home with the curtains and quiet, yeah. but it's not that just, you can't watch porn when you're in a coffee shop. Dude, I sleep listening to horror stories. Like that's what I sleep to. It's like listening to horror stories. I have to have like background Noise. No wonder, like, no wonder why you and Sean Strickland are BFF. <laughs> I still want to sleep listening to murder miss fucking. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more quietly insane than Sean. Like Sean's, now, uh, yeah, Sean's just loud about it. Let me ask you 
uh, Chris, do you do you watch sci-fi movies? Yes, I. So I'm a kid who grew up on Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, but I remember when I was young, I didn't have all the movies. But one day we were really broke when I was young. But my mom uh, stayed up late. She was a third shift nurse. So she stayed up late one night on her off day, and she recorded the Empire Strikes Back when it was on. Network. We didn't have we didn't have cable. So she recorded Star Wars. Not it was Return of the Jedi on a VHS when it was on a broadcast TV. The one time it was, and I watched that tape like every night for like five years. And like I, I am like probably the biggest sci-fi nerd you'll ever meet. Like I, I mean, I, I've got encyclopedic knowledge. Did you watch Rebel Moon on Netflix? I haven't. Uh, I'm not a Zack Snyder guy. Like I'm very torn oh, but- on Zack Snyder, and like. I, I looked at some of this uh, stuff about it, and it seemed like just another Zack Snyder film, and it's, it's pretty much Star Wars, Seven Samurai, and everything else. I'm like, I've seen this before. There's it, listen, a, you're right. You are right. It is like that. People seen it. Uh, who's seen it? Am I, Dean Thomas seen it. He goes, man, I felt like I seen that before. Like some it, of it. It's, I, it's, it, has that, it is exactly that. It's the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, it is. It, but if you take it for that. I dig it. It's pretty cool. I like some stuff in it. And I like I'll check it out at some point. I will. I have nothing against it. I'm just like, ah, oh, Zack Snyder. <laughs> I might have asked you about this next one. Did you ever, now this is my favorite. Did you ever see Doom, the new Doom? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, oh, you didn't like it. I was fine with it. I was, I was fine with it. So like I, I came from the book. So I'm someone who like always intrinsically like picks apart the differences. Yep. So it was closer than any of the, uh, miniseries that we've seen so far because God, those are bad. But uh, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a book on about it. So, but I, I was fine with doing it. I was like, okay, I want to see where the rest of it goes and like how far along these you know, the series it goes because like Dune, the book series stretches for thousands of years. When you've got like talk about you know Atreides and how he becomes a great fucking warm or whatever. So I'm really curious to see how far we're going to take the movies with that. Because, like, doing the book series gets fucking weird. The last sci-fi movie I'm going to ask you about. Last one. The new Blade Runner. I mean, it's not new now, but it's been out a little bit. Gosling, oh, right? what's, what's his face? Uh, Gos- was it Gosling? Yeah. Yes, Ryan Glass. Yeah. Gosling, the same director as the guy who, who did Dune, the new one. Yeah. What do you think of that? So, okay. It got, like, lambasted. I was actually fine with Blade Runner. I enjoyed because... In the original Blade Runner, everybody was the, the big. The big question was: Was Deckard a human or a replicant? And it's kind of up in the air about it because, like, and there's some there's certain hints about it. And I, I enjoy that they kind of in a roundabout way answered that, and then about like what and just the part the, the the plot parts about like the daughter him thinking that he's this like replicant born this naturally born replicant and everything else. And then you like it's. it's I, I I think it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Like I I, I liked it. Like it got lambasted. I enjoyed it. Me too. I thought it was very deep. I almost. It was one of those where I I had to watch it twice to really enjoy it. Like the first time, yeah. I'm like, I'm not really. Am I digging this or not? Like I don't. And then when I seen it more, I'm like, oh man, this is pretty deep. Even the emotional relationship between Ryan Gosling and yeah, his, yeah. his AI girlfriend, which was basically a. Uh, hologram it's just well it, like it, well, it was pretty deep it was pretty cool i think the big thing is with the, with the in this high frame that came out there were a lot of like sci-fi action movies out at the time so i think people were think, expecting more dread as opposed to like blade runner 
But the original Blade, yeah, in the original Blade Runner, it was the entire premise of the story was about like what does it mean to be human? Yeah, like like what what in like in the story, and you know, like, what does it mean to feel? And the new Blade Runner, even with like the, the gossiping and the AI, once again, a big part of that is like what does it mean to like what can you be human without being human? Like, can you like if do you are you a person by your biology or a person by the things you do and feel and see? And I think it was really well done. I, I, th- I thought it was, it, I think it went over a lot of people's heads because it wasn't dread and it wasn't this big shootout. But like, if you went into it understanding like what Blade Runner is already, I think it was great. I mean, hey, listen, okay. we're bringing it. Next time we talk, we'll talk about the fight for a couple of seconds. <laughs> like, oh, we're talking about this. The whole time we're talking about this shit. Because we hanging out ages ago. Me and Chris. I'm that guy. <laughs> Matt, Chris has, Chris has a hard out at three, they're telling us, oh, which is in go. 30 let's seconds. Go. I don't know why, but they, they gave us that. So, Chris, I'm before good. we let you go, uh, first of all, congratulations on a great fight. And as a fan, uh, if you do drop down, I wouldn't mind seeing Jeff Neal or Vicente. And if you stay, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Vittori or Cannoneer. Oh, dude, that'd be – it all sounds fun. I'm down for whatever UFC knows um, – just shoot me the check. I'll sign the. Uh, I'll sign the contract. Shoot me the check, and I'm there. So what's? Uh, I'm very happy to see where the future pans out now. Yeah, me too. I got four options for you. Uh, it depends if it's welterweight, middleweight, but I got I got things I want to see. And uh, congrats, man! You look great and a great right. fight. And uh, I was really happy for you. I appreciate it, man. Mark Andre is a tough, tough dude. Uh, yes. So it was good to get the win. He's uh, tougher than we thought. <laughs> we knew he was tough. Uh, kid's face is made of concrete, so he's glad to get the win. <laughs> Take care, Chris. Good talking to you, buddy. Later, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, he had a heart out at three. And what time is it? I mean, we're literally on the dot. We got him out. Listen, there's a lot of things I can't talk about. But there's a lot of things I, I, in other words, if he's a big sports fan, I go, oh, the one, which ball is it? The one with the throw like this? Sure. Or else if he's into golf, I really don't, you know, how many holes? I when you talk sci-fi or comics or movies dancing no but if oh, you talk oh, any other one I just mentioned I am a chatty Maddie <laughs> all right Jimmy I hate Listen. chatty Maddie I hate that that you're a chatty Maddie I really don't like that at all please don't say that again <laughs> 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 I don't like when you're a fucking bully. I know I'm not. Look, I do a lot of things that are awful. I can Trust say me. Chatty Maddie. I prefer you never, never said. I never before. I listen. I'd rather I, you called me a chatty fatty because of my fucking breast. Yeah, now you're looking better. That, I'm working on it, Matt. Thank you. Good. I can tell you. You're looking a little more firm. All right, good. Anything you want to plug, my friend? Oh, yes. Uh, before I forget, uh, tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning, my wife and I have a new video going up on Nikki and Jim NYC. And um, our YouTube has been the most fun I've had in a long time. And I'm on tour now, so check me out. Uh, February, March, April, I got gigs everywhere. Uh, so go to JimNorton.com if you want to see me. If not, I understand. All right, me. You can catch me on UFC Unfiltered. And uh, that's it. I that's love all. it. I fucking love it. <laughs> Jimmy, I was doing so good today. No, you were doing good. Jimmy, I love you, buddy. I love you. I'll see you soon. Thank you, Chris Curtis. Goodbye, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 